And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, Where are we? Tuesday. All right. Yeah, it is Tuesday. One day just runs into the next. <laughs> That's true. Even on Friday, it's just, it's almost like just a, a, a it's almost like a bathroom break. And it's then- a, it's like, yeah, it's like a constant blur. <laughs> yeah, it is. It the, is. The, the weekend is like, um, well, for, for, it, I like it's the bathroom what, break. No. Yeah, it's what <laughs> it used to be like just going home for the day, you know? That's the weekend now. I know. That's the pause in everything yeah. because as soon as I get home, boom, 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 stories. <laughs> it's like, guys, it's 10 minutes after 5 a.m. Well, this story uh, is one that I went, what? Hmm. Uh, this CNBC, Tesla yeah. rival BYD, which is the Chinese mm-hmm. EV maker, launches electric supercar that would take on Ferrari for $233,000. Okay, so slightly more expensive than a Tesla. (laughs) And it's still an EV. I just can't imagine, I just... You know, people buy dumb stuff ah, for status. You know what it is? You know, yeah, but you, you know what it is, though? Really nice seats. <laughs> Rich Corinthian leather. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, I'm assuming you wouldn't get a... Would you get a subsidy on that in the United States? I don't think so. Yes. 150000 <laughs> If... Andrew Yang has his way. I like your lie better than my truth. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? $150,000. Just throw it on. It's like a student loan. You didn't get a student loan? Okay, we'll give you this. Anybody who buys an EV and finances it, your loans are forgiven. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. No, they're canceled. Yes, yes. they're canceled. They're canceled. It, nobody, Nobody's hurt by it. You just get a free EV. Well, see, here's the thing. We can even take what Clyburn says and extrapolate all that out. And, and I have possession of the vehicle. And possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> Forget about the payments. No, the car's mine because I have it. <laughs> it's in my driveway. Finally... I don't even know what to think about this story. This, mm. this is one of those days where it's just like there's just so many stories out there where you go, what? Yeah. Wendy's is preparing to test an Uber-style surge pricing model where the cost of menu items will fluctuate throughout the day based on demand, meaning a Dave's burger will cost more during the lunch or dinner rush. You mean when people actually go there? Yes. Oh. Uh, who wrote this? New York Post. Okay, <laughs> when I when I saw how this was written, I said, "Got to be." Uh, let me see. It's got to be the Post or something. And it was the fast food chain's unappetizing plans set to be tested in a high stakes rollout next year will squeeze more money out of already inflation battered Americans who may not have the option to eat their meals during off peak hours. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. Well, but I found that funny. It's like, well, and you're also taking, you know, your lunch is also your lunch hour is dictated by your employer. Yes. Quite often, not all the time, but so you don't. So then at that point, Wendy's is out of the question, right? I mean, if they're going to do that, if sorry, surge pricing, by the way, if Chick-fil-A did that. All the prices would skyrocket all the time. The line is around the block. <laughs> Except on Sunday when the prices are zero. Now, you can't buy anything, but the prices are very low. The Chick-fil-A closest to me, and again, I really I don't eat there because, mm-hmm. not because I object to anything that, they, that they're involved in, but it's, it's just that um, uh, I, the carbs, mm-hmm. doing, yeah, everything they have is carbs. Mm-hmm. Man, one of those shakes... Would be my carbs for the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they put the little cherry on top. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I remember eating there. Mm-hmm. I have great. I have great memories. Uh, memories you can savor. Lust, lustful food images in my mind. Well, I'll think of you next time I eat there, which is probably going to be right. within the next couple of days because we've been talking about it this morning. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, the Wendy CEO announced the new system on a call with investors, noting the the Ohio-based company will invest $20 bucks into high-tech menu boards that will be able to update prices in real time without incurring additional overhead cost. As we continue to show the benefit of this technology in our company-operated restaurants, uh, the interest in the the uh, uh, franchises in digital menu boards should increase further Supporting sales and profit growth across the system. So, as you saying, they're going to test it on company owned stores, owned stores, and it's volunteer. If you got a franchise, well, here's the thing: it's not volunteer for the customer. 
No. Tanner didn't put a ceiling on how much the dynamic price model could spike the cost of a meal or whether the base price would actually fall during slower periods. Representatives for Wendy's, which has more than 6,000 locations nationwide, would not say how much prices would fluctuate. Well, there's the problem. Um, It's going to go viral because now that it's out there, just wait for one YouTuber or TikToker to get out there and and point it out and show it'll go viral and then you'll have to reverse the policy. It having to increase your costs or increase your prices because of increased costs is expected. I mean, that's one thing. But you do that across the board at pretty much during every operation hour. That's you don't you don't have the fluctuation. That's just not a good idea. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's what's interesting is on the delivery apps, the food delivery apps have basically a surcharge for most items on on fast food. So you pay more and you also pay a delivery fee uh, unless you have a subscription, then you pay also a tip if you're so inclined. And so you're paying a premium, but you're paying a premium to get it delivered. And people are willing to pay for that. The question would be here, what are you offering the customer that justifies that cost increase? What you're saying is we need to benefit not the customer during these times. No, it doesn't work that way. If you're saying in order to cover costs, we're going to see menu uh, price increases. Okay, people understand that. But if you're saying, hey... Because you guys all come at once between noon and 1 p.m., we're going to spike prices. Well, sorry, that's not going to work out in the mind of the customer. If you heard me say while in the background, it's they were giving a Dave single cost $5.99. A single? A, a Dave single cost five ninety nine in Newark, New Jersey, while that same uh, burger cost 
$8.19 at a Wendy's in Times Square. That's a single. You don't even get double patties for that. Wow. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Said Ted Jenkins, CEO with the Atlanta-based wealth management firm Oxygen Financial, told The Post, I guess people better change their lunch hours from 2 to 4 p.m. With all the concern of rising prices, the last thing you want to have to consider is how much it will cost you for a burger and fries depending on the time of the day. Mm-hmm. This isn't any better than what we see going on with guilt tipping right now. Mm-hmm. It will prey on the fact that people can't remember what the price was yesterday or the week before. It isn't a Taylor Swift concert. It's a burger, fries, and a frosty. Mm-hmm. Industry experts warn that Wendy's should expect a backlash when it tries to hit up hungry diners with the ever-shifting prices. There are people who view dynamic pricing as a ripoff, said one restaurant uh, 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 an analyst, told the, uh, the Post. Uh, you had another uh, restaurant consultant, Arlene Spiegel, said it won't fly and guests will be very upset. You can't surprise a guest with... Your meal will cost another 50 cents or a dollar today at this time. Wendy's already, I didn't know this, Wendy's is the most expensive fast food chain in the United States. Hmm, I didn't know that. After, uh, after menu cost rose 35% due to inflation between 2022 and 2023, according to data from the Consumer transparency platform price listo franchise owners contend that dynamic pricing is more about helping with scheduling and easing the burden on kitchen staff during peak hours as opposed to maximizing profits which would have been my that was my point that i didn't say yet i was thinking i said well wait a minute supply and demand you got a ton of people coming in yeah, you want to get them all through as quickly as possible. That's the number one rule right. in fast food. They even some of them actually have a clock over the window, the drive-through window, right. not necessarily for the customer, but for the staff and the managers to see because they want each order processed in a certain amount of time. That's it's like what Taffer would do uh, with bar rescue and table turnover in the restaurant industry and everything else. You want that turnover, and in fast food, it's all about the drive-thru. Right, and the more you sell, the more you can make. Yep. And so are they saying, well, look, uh, we need to give relief to our staff, so we need to make, think about this, we need to make (laughs) less profits during the the lunch and dinner rush Mm-hmm. In order to give relief uh, to our workers, so we're going to raise prices in order to do that. Yeah. Again, that's, that's not po- a, that's well, not that's, a business model I would want. Well, that, that's that or was my, that was my whole point. What are you doing here that's benefiting the customer? Oh, and I forgot I didn't finish my thought when I was talking about the Chick Fil A nearest to me. Mm-hmm. Last year they were going through. Okay, sorry, we're you know we're closed for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. They were putting in more lanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were making it. They were making it easier. They were putting canopies over because it gets hot yeah. in Texas now. Putting canopies, canopies where people wait, you know, to get through the drive-through. Mm-hmm. You ever? It looks because like, they have workers out there that do that stand out there too during the. Yeah, it yeah. looks like 
<laughs> it looks like a border crossing mm. when you go there. There's so many people outside, and you know, and it just it is it is amazing how well, crowded that and, gets. And, and they they found out really since COVID, especially, but fast food right now, everything's about the drive-through. Nothing is about dine-in. Nothing. Right. The focus is the drive-through for the reason that we stated. It's always been about in any dining area. If it's a walk-in diner, you know, whether it's fast food or not, you're wanting to turn those tables over. Well, in the drive-thru, you don't have to turn tables over. It's car after car after car. If you expand the drive-thru, you can get more people, more orders through. And if your goal is to give relief to the staff, well, then you're understaffed, which, by the way, everybody understands. But that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal is to serve the customer. And your goal is to bring a, by the way, consistent price. I don't expect it to be lower price in in the wake of inflation. I just don't. It's just reality. One franchise owner of another uh, uh, franchise fast food restaurant said, I think there's a lot of room for consumers in terms of price amounts that they're going to accept. A lot of room? Uh, That's delusional. That's sorry. That's right now that there's a lot. There's a lot of room for consumers in terms of price amounts they're going to accept. Not right now in history. Not not once. Not once this gets out in this kind of model. Look, there's there is a threshold for every price of every item out there, and we may be getting to that point with fast food. And you know, so I there's absolutely you know there is. I don't know how much more room there is to raise prices, but we're getting close. And this kind of business model where you're fluctuating prices based on the time of day, no, that's a loser all day because it will become viral and you won't win it. Your best bet is to increase menu prices to the point that market will bear, and then you're going to have to come up with something else. And I, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what fast food's going to do because paying $9 for a burger or a meal at $15, $16. I told you last summer, went through a drive-thru of a you know well-known uh, fast food franchise and they sell a lot of tacos and they have a bell and it was very expensive. Two soft tacos and a drink. Like thirteen bucks. Is that Liberty Taco? Uh, Liberty Bell. Taco. Yeah, no, I was going to yeah. say it's Ma Ma Bell Burritos. Okay. No, it was, <laughs> and two soft tacos and a drink. It and I'm thinking, oh my gosh! But I knew it was inflation. And what was the price? It was over thirteen dollars for two tacos and a drink. Two, two soft tacos and a drink. Yep. Yeah. So you can't, you're not going to win that. You know, you're not going to win that. With inflation, you're not going to win it because people will just have to do something else. But with with on-demand pricing or high-demand pricing, you're certainly not going to win it, ever. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. 
food as medicine and as a preemptive measure against both chronic disease and increasing insurance costs. More public and private entities are encouraging and investing in such efforts. Raj Shah of the Rockefeller Foundation provided an example of a food as medicine approach at the recent USDA Ag Outlook Forum, one based in part on research conducted by land-grant university facilities. If you provide people who are pre-diabetic with three months of targeted medically tailored meals or food as medicine packages where you subsidize their access to healthy food, we've actually seen a statistically significant drop in the progression to diabetes. So much so that Kaiser Permanente, Google, Walmart have all approached us. We're scaling this up with the American Heart Association, USDA, the Veterans Administration, and others. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. What was that story you were just talking to me about? You just started about Kellogg's. About the yeah, you didn't well, get to so, the whole. Uh, from USA Today, the CEO of Kellogg's basically suggesting, you know, the cereal for dinner. They've been doing this uh, ad campaign uh, for about a year. Uh, cereal for dinner, which, by the way, isn't a new idea. Seinfeld, you know? yeah, or anybody who. You know, lived on their own after they left home, right? It's yeah. like whatever was there, you just ate it, and often it's cereal. I've done it. But then getting pushback, you know, getting criticism over it, you know, it's it, the thing is, is that it is cheaper. Cereal is cheaper. But if I were the Kellogg CEO, I'd be careful about that because. The store brand cereal is even cheaper than the Kellogg's brand, so yeah. you do have to be careful about that. Well, it's, it's dinner. you got to have a piece of meat. I, I need some food, you know? <laughs> Cereal's okay for breakfast. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. When we talk inflation, we've always talked about, you know, the average number out there, the numbers that the government and the media reports. And then the other thing that we try to focus on is, okay, what what do people actually buy? What takes What takes the most of their actual budget? You know, when you look at food, and then you see some of the, the two other things that are growing insanely right now are home insurance and car insurance. Wall Street Journal had an article on it. Uh, it was uh, from uh, John Sidro. Even as used car prices fell in 2023, an eye-watering rise in premiums often wasn't enough to offset higher cost for global auto insurers. So, they're talking about this just isn't a problem in the United States. It's worldwide. 
You may have noticed that insuring your car has gotten insanely expensive. It isn't just happening in the United States, and it isn't all about used car prices either. Several large insurers in Europe have pointed to a surge in motor insurance premiums in their 2023 full-year results. Uh, in On Friday, Alliance said these, the, the segment was a big driver of property and casualty revenue growth in its German home market. The day before, Paris headquartered AXA reported that motor vehicle premiums rose 7 to 10% in the last year in its commercial and personal lines, respectively in emerging regions, including Asia, Africa, and Latin America, it increased 33%. Zurich Insurance, which owns Farmers, as well as MetLife's former auto business in the U.S., announced similar numbers last Thursday. Earlier this month, all states said it increased premiums on its branded auto insurance 16.4% in just the last year. Travelers raised them 16.7% in the fourth quarter. The impact on consumers' wallets is so large that the macro economy is affected too. In the United States, you're ready for this? U.S. auto insurance costs are up an eye-watering 39% relative mm. to December of 2019 and contributed to more than 0.5 uh, to 0.5 percentage points of the increase in the consumer price index in January, which came in higher than expected. In the UK, the cost of these premiums jumped of auto insurance 64% since December of 2019. Mm. Wow. And those are costs you really can't get rid of. What's behind it? For one, the skyrocketing cost of secondhand cars and parts in recent years, Mm -hmm. not to mention repair services, has made it much more expensive to fix or replace damaged vehicles. Allstate Travelers and Spain's Mapfre have all reported combined ratios in the vehicle business above 100% at several points in 2023. This means that the premiums earned as lofty as they were, were less than the sum of claims and operating expenses. One U.S. auto insurer said Friday its number for the full year was 97.9%, barely profitable. That means you were at what? A 2.1% growth rate Right on that. Yeah. Cars were a boon for many insurers early in the pandemic, when people weren't driving anywhere. Right. But they have since joined natural catastrophes in being a big headwind for their stock prices. Used uh, vehicle prices are now falling back or at least stabilizing, helping to plug the gap for insurers. This trend might continue as the car industry gets back to normal after the production constraints and stimulus checks that fueled inflation in the COVID era. Allstate and Travelers both reported an improvement in the combined ratios in the second half of 2023. Hmm. Hey, I'm an old man. I was surprised how much my car insurance went up. They're not supposed to go up for old men. Well, we're the um, safe we're the safe drivers. Right. Well, old and married, uh that's there's your category right there for the safest drivers. 
And the the problem becomes, again, the threshold. At what point, then, is it where you have people just not getting insurance or getting just the bare-bones minimum insurance? I think right now you're probably looking at a number of, you know, I don't know what the percentage is of people because you have to have, you can't have a loan on that vehicle uh, and and get just the, you know, bare bones insurance. You can't get liability only with a loan. Well, then what? Okay, then your option is go out and get a cash car, which isn't dependable, and pay for, still pay for, I don't know what it would cost what the average is for liability only. But it has to be increasing as well. This is really important. The repair bill may rise for reasons unconnected to used vehicle pricing. The uh, AXA's report points to an increase in claims because of, quote, changing post-pandemic driving habits. U.S. insurers said last year, that accidents are now more severe, the evidence points to drivers getting more reckless. It may be that many people got used to emptier roads during the pandemic and just need time to adapt, but there is also a chance that younger drivers are less safety conscious or that remote work has instilled a dangerous habit of responding to professional obligations while driving. For insurers and drivers alike, cars may remain an expensive proposition. I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's what we're teaching in our schools. Hmm. When I have vehicles fly by me at 110 miles an hour coming to work, carelessly weaving in and out of traffic, I hmm. constantly say to myself, we're not teaching physics in school. Right. People don't know until they've been in an accident what it's like. They don't know. Nope. Uh, no. The last accident I was in, um, prob- probably, I think, 17 and a half years old. I remember the crunch of the metal. Mm-hmm. You remember that sound. You always remember that crunch of them now it may not be as much metal in a car these days <laughs> the sound may be different completely yeah the the it, bouncing of the plastic the bouncing of the plastic. <laughs> at that time i was driving a metal car <laughs> uh but i i just I, I always tell it to my dad i said dad it's like they have no idea about physics they don't know how dangerous the vehicle is that they're driving they don't know anything about uh, about speed and mass and well, weight. They and, don't. And I talked to an insurance professional yesterday who told me that distracted driving, specifically texting while driving, is through the roof. And it's noted because authorities can tell when you've been doing it and if they get access to your phone and there's an accident and you're responsible they can show that you were texting while driving. So it's all documented. 
and it's going through the roof. I don't know how much of that is generational, but I'm going to guess a lot of it is. And you combine that with, you know, your theory on on the fact that they don't understand physics. If you don't understand that that big rig is 80,000 pounds and it can't stop on a dime, I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen it where people just cross three lanes to get over to the exit ramp in oh, front of a big rig. I know. It's in, it's it's unbelievable. But also, I think there's something, too, here post-COVID. If your job changed or you changed location, one of the things in the in the trucking industry that they've noted for a long, long time is that if you have a new route, you know, if you're a professional driver, you have a new route, the accidents happen quite often on those new routes. So when they look at accidents, it's it's there's often that correlation. You're just not familiar with as familiar with the road. So what is the change in route? Well, it can be anything from, um, you know, you're, you're taking a new route to work. You're living in a new place, a new area. You've got a new job, and it's a, in a different location. Um, and then construction. Construction can send you to a new route. And I think there's probably a lot there that and, – and it seems like our patience since COVID has really changed. And I think there is something to the man I was working at home and you and I didn't go through that, but a lot of people did. I was working at home. I was working at home. And now I expect to get there in five seconds and get home in five seconds. And in major metro areas, that ain't going to happen. I, it boggles my mind when I have to get out during the day, during the week and I'm, and all of a sudden it's rush hour and I find myself out and about. I'm like, I don't know how people do this. I don't know how people do this every single day. And I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have to do that. But I think there's been a lot that has changed since COVID. And I think it's a combination of those. But also we have to also include the fact that we share the road with more uh, EVs today than we did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And those EVs are expensive even if we're not driving them. It's more expensive to cover the cost of a a collision, and the insurance company really is, they're all looking at the dynamics of every type of car that's on the road. So parts are, you know, more expensive. Uh, fixing an EV, it may look like a fender bender, but if it damages the battery, it's massive amounts of money. Um, the technology on board, non-EVs has changed, and it's the same thing that applies there. You know, um, it's it's not the same fix as it used to be. My son and I went out. My oldest grandchild had a first accident recently. And she hydroplaned, and then somebody else hit her. Well, we went out and got some parts at a parts store, body parts uh, for her car. And I was amazed at how cheap they were, um, but... Again, these are parts, and she kind of lucked out. They're parts that you can pull off and put back on if you know what you're doing. And I got out of there. I mean, she's ultimately going to pay for it. It was like 400 bucks. I was amazed. But she made the choice of, okay, I'm going to get a dependable car, but a cash car, 
And that's what I want to get because I don't want to have a big car payment. You know, she is working, but she didn't want to have that huge debt, you know, which is a great approach. But, you know, it's, I don't know where families are going to be when you reach that threshold. You got to have a car to work in. I mean, to get to work. You got to, you got to have that transportation. Your kids want to play ball. Your kids go to school and you're going to need to take them and pick them up. And it's getting to the point of not being able to afford anything, including the the coverage for the insurance. So we may well be headed back to the, you know, the cash car days. You know, I was thinking that if you worked at home during all of COVID, then you had to go back to public transportation. That mm. may even be worse. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. At least you my, my gosh, that has to be. No, it's taken me two and a half hours to get to work. and then Yeah. I can't imagine doing that. I can't no. imagine it. The rail near my house getting to downtown Dallas is 25 to 30 minutes. And then you have to walk a couple of blocks to get to, right. you know, right. whatever destination. Oh, I can make that drive easy and park in roughly 20. So I can beat it by 10, 15 minutes, you know, door to door. And I don't have to sit around and wait for their schedule. I can hop in and I can go. But I don't know how many, I don't know how families are going to afford it. Pretty soon we're going to reach that threshold. 866 90 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 866 90 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. The Bonnie Willis disqualification hearing continues today. Oh, wow. Uh, the judge has announced that the law partner of Nathan Wade, uh, who she is alleged to have had an intimate relationship with, will have to testify in court. And also all those cell phone records mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the uh, uh, the attorneys have come up with, mm-hmm. uh, he will decide whether to allow them into evidence on Friday. It'll be because it hasn't been officially presented in court. Right. I don't know how he refuses them if they're accurate. If they're accurate, yeah. I mean, if, if there's if they're, if legit. they're legitimate at all, and nobody has said they're not. Nobody's right. not right. No one's right. right. No one's making that case. Right. You have to admit it. Yep. I I would think I can't see how it's not game over at that point. Mm. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
welcome to Talkville. The Ultimate Smallville Rewatch Podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.